Tired of the negative news and flashover substance? It's time for Today with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and PhD with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamlined news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick. My co-host, Larry Dersham, and I have a great show for you tonight. There is so much going on, and we have a magnificent guest that's going to join us for the second half. But first, today's headlines. And one story that has unfortunately remained in the headlines all week long is that of beleaguered New York Governor Cuomo. Now, Governor Cuomo was a superstar last summer where I watched his daily press conferences uh, and, and just with rapt attention because he had all the, great, the greatest statistics and all the latest information. Sometimes he was sharing the stage with Dr. Fauci. It was just a pleasure to watch and really learn a lot of that great information. In fact, he was so popular last summer that I remember people were joking he should toss his name into the hat for president. Fast forward almost a year and things are very, very different. Remember, he suffered a one-two punch over the last week. First, it was the nursing home scandal with the underreported numbers, very tragic case, and then followed very closely by the sexual harassment allegations. Three in total as of today. It's actually under investigation by the New York Attorney General and Governor Cuomo, for his part, appears to be cooperating. Now, he may have suffered that one-two punch, but he's still standing which is important because there's been lots of talk this week about whether or not the second in command would be ready to ascend to take his shoes, uh, to fill his shoes. Now, it's not going to happen unless, of course, he steps down or is impeached. And right now, it doesn't look like either of those options are going to take place. But one thing I do want to point out is people have been talking about, well, what is the attorney general doing? Well, there's an independent law firm that has subpoena power and the power to, to look at documents and really a lot of investigation powers, which is important because even Governor Cuomo agreed that the public has a right to know more. With any sexual harassment investigation, what are investigators look for? They're looking for a pattern of behavior because in many cases, patterns make the predator. Many of the cases that came out in 2017 were characterized by a repeat pattern of behavior. And what they look at in every case, not just Governor Cuomo, but anybody where there's more than one accuser, or sometimes even when there's just one to start with, remember Me Too begins with me first in terms of one offender and one victim coming forward first, is they're looking to see whether behavior is unusual or whether behavior is business as usual. In which case, especially if it's post-2017, Leaders, politicians, governors, anybody in a position of power should have known better. And for sexual harassment victims, silence is not golden. And of course, there's safety in numbers. One comes forward, others are empowered to do the same. So that's what we're looking at right now in terms of the New York governor. But I do have to say, Larry, you know, one thing that really distinguishes instances and allegations of sexual harassment is it's not a partisan issue. This is never something that is a Democrat issue, a Republican issue, right versus left. It's right versus wrong. And both sides are on the bandwagon here wanting to make sure that justice is done and that we uncover 
the facts and circumstances that will let us know what should be the fate of the governor criminally, civilly, and politically as we move forward. So while it is true um, that I did mention, you know, he was he was getting ready to write that leadership book last summer and he was sharing the stage with Dr. Fauci. I understand there's a different doctor in the news this week. Who is it, Larry? And what's that all about? Right, Wendy, it's Dr. Zeus and Dr. Zeus Enterprises. That's uh, the company that uh, sells his books and publishes his books. will stop selling six of his books because they portray people they say, in ways that are hurtful and wrong. And I would just ask them, show me the victim. Who's been hurt? Who's been wrong? But apparently uh, in this age of political correctness, they they made that decision uh, on their own. So anyhow, when I heard that news, my wife told me about it. I made a beeline from my favorite bookstore in La Jolla and uh, we've got two grandchildren now, you know, really tiny toddlers. And uh, I wanted to pick up on some Dr. Zeus books before the uh, book censors and the book burners come to the village and uh, take all, all those Dr. Zeus books away. So I just thought it was really and, interesting. And we're talking about Dr. Seuss, not the Greek god Zeus with a Z. <laughs> well, no, it, it's it's really his his middle name. Yeah, it's it's Theodore Zeus Geisel, and he's actually a resident of La Jolla. Who he's passed away now, but uh, I just wanted to say, uh, just kind of going on a little bit of a a rant here uh, regarding what's going on. So basically. We're, this is part of cancel culture, in my opinion. That, by the way, was the theme of CPAC that just closed up last Sunday. So what's really going on, in my opinion, is not only cancel culture, but cancel America. They're trying to erase part of Dr. Zeus's collection of children books. They're trying to re- erase or revise history with such things as the 1619 project that has been disproved over and over again and the Howard Zinn's A People's History of the United States, which the leftists love that because it's filled with with a misstatements of the the true fact of America. They're trying to erase our election integrity forever with H.R. 1, the so-called For the People Act. And I can go into the details on that, too. They're trying to erase the difference between girls and boys and our religious freedoms under H.R. 5, the so-called Equality Act, which fortunately in the Senate looks like it may not pass. Uh, They're trying to tear down our border walls, letting hundreds of thousands of migrants in, some of which are carrying COVID, to go to every part of our land. And by the way, they built, uh, apparently, they don't think uh, border walls work, but why is it around Washington, D.C.? They got a three-mile-long, seven-foot-tall fence topped with razor wire. And I say to Speaker Pelosi, tear down this fence. So uh, what can we do? (laughs) Where have I heard that before? (laughs) Right. You know, Larry, one of the interesting things you mentioned um, in H.R. 1 and, you know, we've talked a lot this week about voting because obviously they were looking, the Supreme Court was looking at some of um, Arizona's voting restrictions and Texas's voting restrictions and other states. Um, and they were basically trying to, to solve really the dilemma of can we make sure that we have sufficient restrictions surrounding who can vote, how can they vote, um, but have those restrictions not impact unnecessarily traditionally disenfranchised groups. That is a tough balance to strike. Uh, And you bring up HR1 and a couple of the other um, cases that have really been in the news. And, you know, part of the the challenge by saying, hey, look, you have to 
vote at your own precinct. You can't go to a different vote. You can't go to a different polling place. Um, you can't just give your ballot to anybody that knocks on your door. Remember, in criminal law, we call that chain of custody. You have to have a chain of custody civilly with voters, too. There's only certain people that can deliver your ballot for you, family member, caregiver, et cetera. Is there a way in the culture in which we live, and you've laid out some of the issues that are in the news right now, where we can preserve election integrity while still ensuring that none of the restrictions are applied, certainly not designed, to disenfranchise one group over another. I think we can if we really put our hearts to it, Wendy. But what is so sad to me is this is not a bipartisan effort. It's totally a Democratic effort. And even my own representative where I live in San Diego County uh, voted uh, for this and actually was part of uh, drafting it. What HR1 will do, first of all, it does not address the voting machines problem. And I'm not going to name a particular vendor. There are multiple vendors of voting machines that have very uh, a lot of problems with it. But this HR1 that's already passed the House, it's now going to the Senate, nationwide mail-in voting, nationwide ballot harvesting. We were just talking about knocking on the door. That's uh, ballot uh-huh. harvesting. Bans voter ID. Why right. would you ever ban voter ID? You need ID for getting on planes, buying uh, alcohol, on and on. Nationwide mo- uh, voter uh, motor voter registration. It mandates early voting. How about same-day voting? Nationwide same-day yeah, registration. Go ahead. I was going to say, I remember, Larry, when you and I were growing up, how different those rules were and, you know, how it was such a privilege and a right to vote and how everybody really really held that sacred. And nobody batted an eye about having to prove who you were before you had to cast a vote. And, you know, that ID, you know, I, I have to make the joke pretty soon we're going to have to show a, a vaccine passport <laughs> to vote because you're going to need that for everything else. But I just wanted to sort of draw the distinction there. You know, on the one hand, we're really relaxing the rules regarding who can vote. Um, I mean, lots of states are, are reinstating uh, convicted felons' right to vote. They're looking at, you know, what kind of um, citizenship status or lack thereof. They're really kind of going out on a limb and expanding all the categories. And, you know, different states are coming to different decisions on that. But on the other hand, Larry, we seem to be going off the deep end in terms of needing to show you've been vaccinated to do so many other things. Now, we're not there yet, but we're still just talking. But some of that talk has people a little upset. How can we go so far in terms of loosening restrictions on something as precious and as important as right to vote, but then go the other direction as to how how our freedom to associate may be contingent on whether we're willing to vaccinate. Right. I would say this, Wendy. Uh, we, uh, we need to, I think, tighten the restrictions on voting, make it a one-day event, just like it was when our parents uh, were, were doing the, their voting. And also going to the, to the vaccination, a lot of times they'll put out these trial balloons. They'll try them in certain countries and see if they fly, and then they'll spread it to other countries. And just check this out. I heard this from an Israeli person today on you a got, special you news got, You got less than 20 seconds, Larry. Yeah, it's called the Green Passport. Very dangerous. Everybody has to have a vaccination to fly in or out of the country. Very scary. Oh, that was a good job summing it up. All right, we need to take a short commercial break, but don't touch that dial, folks, because when we return... You're going to meet one of the greatest civil rights leaders in the United States. And we'll get our thoughts on how Americans can heal the racial divide. Please stay with us. You're going to be glad you did. This is Today with Dr. Wendy, and we'll be back in a flash. 
News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to the headline highlights on Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Welcome back to Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick. Who can ever forget the great quote from Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. from his 1963 I Have a Dream speech delivered at the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., where he said, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but the content of their character. Larry, I understand we have a guest tonight that knows firsthand a lot about that topic. Who do we have the privilege of welcoming to the show? Right, Winnie. She was the daughter of the late civil rights activist, Reverend A.D. King, and his wife, Naomi Barber King. Alveda grew up in the civil rights movement led by her uncle, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Her family home in Birmingham, Alabama was bombed, as was her father's church office in Louisville, Kentucky. Alveda was even jailed during the open housing movement. She sees now, though, the pro-life movement as a continuation of the civil rights struggle. She's founder, a former college professor, and she served in the Georgia State House of Representatives. She currently serves on the pastoral team of Priests for Life as executive director of its outreach, which is called Civil Rights for the Unborn. She's also a presidential appointee, spiritual advisor for the Trump National Diversity Coalition. She's an actress, a singer, a songwriter, a a blogger, and guardian of the King family legacy. And she's also the author of numerous books, so many I can't name them all, but one of my favorites is called We're Not Colorblind. She's also an executive producer of a soon-to-be-released movie, Roe v. Wade. Can't wait to see that one. Welcome to the show, Avita. Well, hi, Larry. Hi, Dr. Wendy. And to all your listeners and viewers, if they're online, how are you? Hey, we're doing great, thanks. <laughs> you know, Alvita, I've listened to- I've listened to a lot of your material, and one of the things that really characterizes every appearance you make is your positivity and your graciousness. You're always welcoming everyone, and I wonder if that stems in part from the fact that you grew up in a very big family where you actually did have to get along with everyone. And I understand your mom moved in with you uh, recently, and I think that's just a blessing. It's so wonderful having family around. But I always wondered, Alvita, what was the most or what was the most fun part, um, the best part about growing up in the King family? What would you say you remember the most? Well, in our family, we always went to each other's homes, in and out of everybody's home. And even when we live in different cities, we managed to visit. And that was fun. Um, On the holidays, I remember one in particular. My dad was playing the violin. My uncle, M.L., Martin Luther King Jr., was playing the piano. The women, the ladies, and the uh, kids, we were singing and all of that. So just family times were very, very important. My daddy, Reverend A.B. King, Alfred Daniel Williams King, and Martin Luther King Jr., brothers. So then they were close in age, and they fought the same movement, the civil rights movement, together. And my dad was actually killed in 1969. You'd have to Google it to get the full story. But uh, I grew up in the civil rights Mm. movement, but family was always very, very important. 
Well, uh, Alveda, I often thought America has made great strides in racial harmony since your uncle gave his famous speech there at the Lincoln Memorial and everything else he did, the amazing marches, the multiple amazing speeches. But it seems lately that we're going in the opposite direction. I was so hopeful that race relations are getting better and better, but now all of a sudden, the last couple of years, it seems like we're going in the opposite direction. Why do you think this is happening? We have to speak truth to power, so to speak, and talk to each other about the socially engineered concept of race. That's where racism comes from, that we're separate races. Now, the Bible, of course, of one blood, God made all people. So we are red-blooded human beings. And then you've got science that shows that there are no separate races. The DNA and the uh, blood of the humans is what makes us one race. Now, Margaret Sanger mistakenly, and that's the founder of Planned Parenthood for people who do not know, and Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion provider in America. Margaret Sanger wanted to bring forth uh, a cleansing of all the ethnicities. Uh, She would have called them races except what was the Aryan race, and that's the uh, Caucasian with the blue eyes and the blonde hair and all of that. So that's part of what happened in the abortion agenda, too, for example, uh, if a baby's not wanted or won't fit into the pattern of the life that you desire, don't have the baby. And abortion became legal. So those are the kinds of things. Um, I guess one of my favorite books might be We're Not Colorblind. Ginger Howard and I wrote that. And we were dealing with yes. us being one human race. Yeah, I hear there. There's a yeah, qu- you know, a great quote. Just uh, ahead, briefly, Uncle, you, do you call him Uncle ML? I think, mm-hmm. possibly. Uh-huh. Yeah, it says, we yes. must learn to live together as brothers or perish together as fools. I love that statement. And I say, and sisters. So it's and sisters, sisters, you got it. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, Alvita, one of the most inspirational parts of your books and your upcoming movies and your songs and your music is, is really it does have that spirit of unity. And there is nobody that ever comes across anything you say, do, uh, reenact that isn't just overcome by your love for for fellow man. It's it's so inspiring and encouraging to everyone else. And I just wonder as we move forward, how can we use that positive momentum as really a driving force to counteract those that see the world in terms of racially divided? Well, we have to first begin with ourselves as individuals, embracing faith, hope, and love, seeing others as part of the human race. And once we do that, we begin to speak it to those who are around us, and that message continues to grow in that manner. But we actually have to see ourselves as one human race. You know, it it seems, in my opinion, after reading so much uh, literature on it, that the left, uh, and I'll just say it, the socialists and even the communists, have seemed to have infiltrated our politics, and they seem to be using, in many cases, race as a dividing tool to divide us up. And uh, that's what worries me so much. In fact, I won't mention the name of this group, but everybody would know it if I did, that they even on their own website, in their own interviews, say that they're trained Marxists. And they're they're using this uh, racial racial division to kind of divide us up and I guess uh, eventually to take us over. I don't know what their ultimate plan is, but it's very worrisome. But I think do you think that, that, that the Christians, and if we turn back to God, we can overcome this division and just kind of see through it? 
Well, if you could see all over America right this second, you would see that people are waking up to these truths, and people are beginning mm. to find out that uh, there is more reason to unify than to divide, especially young people. Now, we hear a lot of this cancel culture thing where, oh, if you don't say what I like, I cancel you. We take you off of uh, social media. We ban you from this place and that place. But there are others who would say, well, no, I think we can actually begin to talk and reason together. And so, as a matter of fact, uh, I have a cooking show. Well, it's not really a cooking show, but I cook on the show on Fox Nation. <laughs> and it's a six-part special. And my premise was this. We need to talk and get along, and we don't want to get indigestion at the dinner table. So let's learn how to talk and reason with each other. And uh, I do that with my family and friends and all of the communities that I'm blessed to visit. You know, I heard you talk about that on a talk show not long ago about your new Fox Nation show and the cooking show. And I just wonder, do you have a favorite dish that you like to make? I know everybody likes to eat, so we love to hear about new recipes. <laughs> and if so, what is what, it? <laughs> what's so funny with me, I have uh, a dish, it's, it's two dishes called Dem Show, D-E-M-S-H-O, and Must Go, M-U-S-G-O. All of those leftovers <laughs> in that refrigerator, them shoe, them show must go. So uh. I can taste something. And I guess I got it from Chopped, too, the show Chopped. I guess that's a little ad for them. But just taking what's left over, start cooking things over. And uh, But I make all types of things. And our family, we just, we just cook. We really do. So, yeah. yeah. That, that's great. Um, well, could you tell us a little bit about this movie that you're working on? You're the executive producer, right? I'm gonna... one of the executive producers. Troy Duhan is another. And uh, we have come together with the creators of the film, Nick Loeb and Kathy Alwyn. And Nick portrays by the doctor, uh, Nathanson, in the film, who had a change of heart from being an abortionist to a pro-life fighter. Also, Dr. Mildred Faye Jefferson, the first, she would say Negro, because in her day, that's what we would call the first Negro woman to graduate from Harvard School of Medicine. And so taking the uh, Norma McCorvey, who was Roe of Roe v. Wade, and she was selected by a group of people who wanted to make abortion legal. And that's, we talk about how the abortion became legal in the United States of America and why it's really not good law. It never has been. Yeah, no, you know what, that, I'm so glad you teased that up, the movie. We're going to talk more about that. But um, we're at the end of the time. I just want to say how privileged Larry and I are to have you on the show today. Thank you, yes. Alvita, so much it's for joining us. It's just been thank a pleasure. You. Thank you, Alvita. Thank you. Right. And thank you to our listeners. Have a wonderful, safe weekend. Take care this week. We're going to have a wonderful show again for you next weekend. So please join us next week for more of Today with Dr. Wendy, Headlines with a Silver Lining. Have a great week and God bless you.
Thank you for joining us for today with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. 